Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's show, it's all about uncut gems. I sat down with the film's star, Adam Sandler, and his directors, Benny and Josh Safdie, in September, shortly after the movie was one of the big breakouts of Telluride and the Toronto Film Festival. Sandler explained where he found inspiration to play Howard, a con man from New York's Diamond District with a nasty gambling addiction, and how he's feeling about being a part of this year's Oscar conversation. His work earned him a Gotham Award nomination, and most recently he was named Best Actor by the National Border Review. I'll have Adam and the Safdie brothers coming up after the break. Stick around. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile mile in my my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's Uncut Gem star Adam Sandler and the film's directors, Benny and Josh Safdie. This is the Definitely first one I've done. A lot of receivers. It's a normal day. Right. Another <laughs> <laughs> producer, James. Hello. Hi, producer James. Good to see you, James. So I don't know if anybody's told you, but I'm obsessed with this movie. I saw it at Telluride, yeah. and it has stuck with me. I cannot Amazing. stop thinking about Incredible. it. Incredible. Because I know Howard. I know that guy. I grew up in Queens, New York. Oh, really? Okay. And I tell people, I'm like, you don't understand. Adam Sandler got the guy. (laughs) People are like, they really exist. I'm like, the tea, the glasses, every bringing the shirts in, like that are like in the plastic Uh, bags. You know, my mom worked in the garment district. Oh, really? My dad was in bedding on 32nd and 5th. So you know what I'm talking about. Ronnie, our, our, collaborator uh his dad's a garmento and wayne diamond actually his who shows up at the end of the movie uh-huh. who who's in the mohegan sun mm-hmm. suite sec- section mm-hmm. he's like a garmento legend like like yeah. google wayne diamond I- is back <laughs> google wayne diamond is back and just have fun watching that seven minute teaser have you ever seen that this is your childhood well our well, up until like i think i was seven or eight our dad worked for a guy named howard actually and he and my dad's name was howard by the way oh really yeah. <laughs> love it does he go by howie oh, howard. does he go by howie he, he's passed, but he did Howard, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Howard was this guy. I remember our dad, actually. There's so many incredible little stories that he would tell us. And weirdly enough, that was in the first draft that we wrote in 2009, 2010. Right. And they were all kind of went away. But mm-hmm. they were all great stories. They were all like little pulp narratives. Right. And uh, some of them were really great. There was one, I'll tell it very quickly. He would, he, my, there was a company car. It was like a tiny little like white gremlin thing. Remember he would drive it around? <laughs> so and, small. And they would. The whole family packing. People, by the way, they would, they would poke the, the tire in Midtown. And then they would follow the car out so that when he would get out to change the tire, 
They would rob him. They would also call in a delivery to a very desolate part of town. So he he knew about that scam. So he felt the the tire go out and rim, and he looked in his rearview mirror and he saw someone following him. (laughs) He's like, "Not stopping." So he returned the car with the rim was like a little pebble. Uh, But he went out to this to this jewelry store in Brooklyn, and uh, yeah, he said he was doing a deal in the front, and he heard like hip hop from the back, and he's like, "What is that?" They had a recording booth in the back of this jewelry shop, and people who couldn't pay for their jewelry who were buying jewelry would press records hip-hop records some of them became big rappers that's so cool anyway the idea was there was this little story (laughs) but none of those made it into the movie the the idea behind this this man who could create these legends you know these little legends around everybody and it was just an amazing thing and it only kind of existed in that spot of town right well what i say when i (laughs) God, I'm just going to be all about me. But what I say when I'm talking about I like when movies make things all about no, people. No, but when That's I good. talk about it, I'm like, I could say this, I'm Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to give. I'm yeah, like, yeah. he's a Jew. Yes. He's the Jew yes. we all know. Yes. I'm like, but if you're not Jewish, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know a Howard? You know, I know a, a lot of a lot of <laughs> Howards I've met. I mean, the, the guys here, when they would discuss... Well, this was a long process of putting together who Howard was. Um, Al, we we talked to Al Goldstein for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot of guys on the block. We got to Rodney. know um, Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roddy Dangerfield. Just strong uh, Jews that just a little bit of your dad. A little. Yeah. I told him stories about my dad when he was strong at times, and <laughs> we, we had you know I actually. In the movie, look a little like my dad. In, in I would show him pictures of my dad because they they created the look. We mm-hmm. we we took a long time making sure who who how it, what he dressed like. But yes, I've known a lot, and, and my uncle also uh, worked in the garment uh, district. So when we were shooting around there, that area I was very familiar with, mm-hmm. and grew, grew up being in that neighborhood and being around a lot of guys like that. But the more we isolated 47th Street yeah. and the more we talked to guys who gave us so much time mm-hmm. and gave us days uh, on end of sitting in the shop and watching them talk and listening and picked up so much, many things and stories. But what do you think they're going to think when they see the movie? Like, you understand, they're going to be, they're going to, this is what they live, because it's so, what's happened in the 21st century is there's been this kind of confluence of like, movies and real life and you don't know who who's leading what and it goes from like you know goodfellas to like you know and like the idea of like the jews and the italians being similar there's it, it all so they're gonna see movies like this for example like it's a terrible thing happened in the diamond district thank god everyone's okay but uh the the the, the kid who plays his older son mm-hmm. in the movie, his name is, in real life, is Johnny Aramiaev, and his family is the Aviani family. And they're one of the biggest jewelers on 47th Street. Wow. And they got robbed for $8 million. Two minutes. In two, two minutes, minutes, on a Sunday. And yeah. if you watch the video that's unfortunately available, and I tried getting it taken down, but if you watch the video, the kid who had, the, the moment the gun comes out, it's a 14-year-old kid, and it's, and it's Eddie. But then I'm texting with Eddie and his dad, Izzy, and Izzy was very helpful with the film as well. And they're saying, like, dude, it's the movie. (laughs) We're just like the movie. You know what I'm like? (laughs) But there's no, you know what I'm saying? They they really joined in. So many guys joined in 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 creating, making it as real as possible. Did you like Howard? I was scared of Howard when I read read the script. Why? I, I, I didn't know because these guys were telling me he's a legend. He's a great... He's he's a hero. He's 
We loved him. We, they loved him more than anything. And when I was reading it, I was just lo looking for the love in the guy. <laughs> I was looking like, because he doesn't make decisions that uh, they, they, they affect other people. And he I overlooked heard, that a lot. Right. So I was, I was nervous about if, if I was going to do it right for the guys. And, and, uh, but, but we got together stronger and stronger. They made me feel more confident in what the way I should be and why he was so uh, not lovable, but but well, you were pulling for him. Well, you, Sam, and you Sandler pushed, put, you know, incredible, such a hard worker, like one of the hardest working people I've mm -hmm. ever met. And that was great because I can't work enough. And I that's all I want to do is just strive, 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 strive. Right. And uh, he pushed and he, he would find these little things and the just like you know scott rudin would do the same you know like they'd f flag moments like what about this right here and if i didn't have an instinctual if i didn't feel it in my bones i was like you know we should work on that and we did and we would piecemeal it and he would come to new york and we would sit there till two three in the morning i don't even know yeah, anymore yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so we like to quote the movie to each other because we're, we're uh, nerds like that uh, but uh, but but he, we would sit there with with ronnie who, who we collaborate with and we would do these readings and and every little thing and he would find these moments to inject the the love of which is again like these 20th century iconic you know jews who who we look up to they're they're loving like i mean someone like ronnie dangerfield he wasn't in a movie until he was 60. think about that <laughs> that's crazy he was a star of a movie when he was 60. think about think about that life think about everything that he put out onto the stage and into right. his to to strive to be bigger you know and then you know and then i was i would send him pictures from ronnie's autobiography of pictures of them too and my mind's exploding you know what i mean this is me for me that's too much but <laughs> that's the thing that's so hard is conflating all of these different people together into howard is so hard yeah. and it's such a it's such like a high wire act that i i can watch it all the time mm -hmm. it's like i never get tired of watching the decisions you're making and the micro decisions with different right. people well he's hyper romantic a hyper romantic gamblers are very romantic people yeah There's, it's always can turn i'm gonna always I'm, turn I'm, I'm gonna get that win, exactly. and everything's gonna everything's turn gonna into be a fairy tale. Think about that, but, yeah. but what? Think about how yeah. how grating that gets. That's weird when you think about it. Like, yeah. oh man, ro romance people, romantic people, they can be annoying. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> like get out of the class. But I, I'm yeah, you like you want to slap them, but they can't get back onto the ground. But Howard, what's what's so cool about Howard is that he is like as the movie exposes, he is the universe. And he create he's like a big ship pulling into a port and he's rising all the ships around him because he wants everyone to to perform with him right. and exceed and and be bigger and he has he's a solar system. And, and the other thing is there's a, there's a very, very subtle like you you add a, with a very subtle bit where you're like, is this gonna work? You're doing it, but you're not quite sure if it's gonna be like it's I'm this is the movement I went in, so I'm going full in. But like uh, I'm, I gotta make it work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest moments of the entire shoot for me was we were on the stage and uh, Kevin Garnett was in the showroom and we didn't have the scripted. And uh, it was like, the only thing I can liken it to is like a, a playing two and two basketball and you're mm -hmm. with your partner and he's just instinctively knows what you're going to do. <laughs> and you were going, he was come, he's supposed to leave with the earrings to go into the back room. And in, it's in the movie where he comes back. He's like, don't you have a game tonight? You should, should be stretching out. But that was all that was scripted, right? But then I just 
we got into a zone. So I would just say one word oh, yeah. and it would trigger an incredible one-liner with right. him and he'd come out and he'd throw something else and he just wouldn't, we didn't yell cut and probably shot like 11. It's going to be incredible footage. Just kept coming back in and out and just asking popping Kevin jokes, Garnett. asking Kevin Garnett more and more questions. <laughs> you were so, every time you came back, to, uh, we were in the back room. Every time you came back, you were so excited. Like, you look at us, back. he's like, what yeah, else do you want? I want to go back out there. <laughs> but it was just amazing because everybody was ready for that because when you went back out, everybody was still in character in the other right. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't stop. Everybody didn't stop, which was which was what we wanted. You know, we wanted everybody to kind of be working oiled, right. and it was amazing. Right now, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, Adam weighs in on being part of this year's Oscar conversation. Ever thought you'd make a great switchboard operator or seltzer man or professional royal mistress? If old-timey jobs are your jam, we've got a podcast just for you. I'm Helen Hong. And I'm Matt Beat, and we host the new podcast, Jobsolete, taking a look at jobs that used to be a thing and now not so much. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. But don't take our word for it. Find Jobsolete on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've got one word for you. Tom Cruise. On this new weekly podcast, Meeting Tom Cruise, we're going to talk about Tom Cruise. We're going to talk to people who have met Tom Cruise. Why? Because Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. Is he, though? Shut your mouth. Everyone who has met him has an amazing story to tell. And that's where I met Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. When I hear the bathroom door open, and it's Tom Cruise. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeff Meacham. You might know me as Josh Openhold from TV's Blackish, and I'm here with the Goose to my Maverick. Hey, I'm Joel Johnstone, and you might know me as Archie and the Marvelous Mrs. Mason. And I'm Alex. Lev, and you might. No, no one knows you from anything. Listen, we love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. But while we live and work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have, and maybe one of them will lead us to the man himself so we can have our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Does it really have to just be about Tom Cruise? Shut up! Why are you here? Listen to Meeting Tom Cruise on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Big Ticket. Here's more of Adam Sandler and Benny and Josh Safty. So this is this is some heavy drama for you. Yes. There's comedy, obviously, yes. but this is some real heavy drama for Adam Sandler. Yes, yes. And there are you surprised? You shouldn't be surprised. No, it's the best. I'm, no. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. it's deep. Yes. And it if okay, how about this? So Adam Sandler, let's say you took Howard and put him on SNL. You could do a Howard sure. on SNL. Sure. For sure. Interesting. That would be much like on take Howard and put him on steroids. Right. Sure. But you, you, you've grounded him because he's real. Yes. He's yes. real. Yeah, yes. Yes. How do you, how do you balance that where you're not, you know, going over that line between drama and comedy? Well, we, we prepared so much and we got to know so much of who Howard should be and the way he reacts and thinks. And, um, you know, just diving into the scenes and, and day to day uh, and and discussing stuff before and after and we were we were living that movie we mm-hmm. lived the movie day in day out before we shot during the shoot after the shoot we never left each other mm-hmm. and, we, and and we loved we just got i mean i gotta tell you wardrobe sound everybody was starting yeah. to love Howard like day three. Yeah. <laughs> they liked the way he looked, and they they knew their Howard. So right. it was like, just I guess it was just just 
just wanting, I don't know. Because when I, when I first met Howard, uh-huh. I hated him. I hate him. <laughs> well, you know what I admire about uh, Howard? Just, uh, just strong as hell. Strong yep. as hell. Never, Never gives fearless. up. Fearless. Get a, you get into his face, he's right back yeah. with you. I don't see him back down in the movie ever. That slap. He, he, no. Yeah, he slaps a guy who he knows can kick the shit out of him. Yeah. Right. He, there's, <laughs> he's, he's never, never, there's not a point in, in, in the movie that he doesn't, like in the, in the nightclub scene, when he's going at it with Damani, um, the only reason he's, he, he says, okay, we got to pick a different place <laughs> to, to finish this is because there's, there's about five guys with him. This <laughs> is definitely going to end bad. But the thing these guys added after me, me and Lakeith go at it for a bit, and it's going to be a, a physical fight, which was so real and so uh, cool for Howard, was it, the fight breaks up. They go back to listening to the weekend song, <laughs> and he's standing behind Lakeith, and, and Lakeith turns around, and he's like, fuck it. They still can't, they can't stop getting crazy that's, with each other. But think it, about it. That's so real, though. That's like, so yeah. real. Like, yeah. think, about, yeah. think about playing ball yesterday with Sibo and, and yeah, Locke. They, 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 they got crazy. Yeah. They, and we had to switch it up, but then they looked over at each other, and I could tell they still wanted to go at it. Yeah, sure, sure. But they love each other, you know what I mean? The yeah. thing that I, I, whenever I watch Howard, he's a fake person with real problems. And I find, I'm like, I feel all the things that you feel. And like, it, yeah. they just feel like, oh my God, these are really affecting this guy. And like, yeah. on a deep, deep level. So it's like when yeah. you look at, oh, how is Howard not kind of a caricature? It's mm-hmm. because I really believe that all of these things are happening to him. Yes. And they've been so internalized. And all the decisions are made because of those right. things. And it's just, I love it. And you got to know him at home. Yeah. You got to see yep. him with his situation, that he's kids. He does love his yeah. kids. kids. Yep. He, he, but he's, it's off. It's off. He's in yeah. his own world. Mm. The, the, the gambling um, has affected the home life, has affected his wife that's in the process of uh, not wanting to be <laughs> with him anymore. And... Just his whole, just just all his worlds, his city life and his Long Island life, <laughs> and that we've seen people go through. Yeah. It's interesting though because like I do think that I do think that um, I think I think Jew, Jews I think we're we're all we look at someone like Howard and and we, there is a heroic element to it, but there's also something that you see in yourself in him, you know that it's just kind of like oh. The, the the desire to kind of acquire everything so that you can be accepted. You know what yeah. I mean? That like, uh, you, you know, Sandy was telling us this incredible story about the this this country club out in California that because there was no Jews were allowed in any other country, so they right. started their own and then they had their own rules. But the, the idea, and then you get it, and you're like, well, is this what I want? Is is this really what I want? Right. Because in the end, it means nothing. You know what I mean? There's it, there's like kind of like an emptiness of of trying to. You try to acquire things through one round, and you realize, well, that's that's not what it is, and you realize it's about something bigger. Right. And I think that that's what that's what it is about. That's what that's what the gambler for me is. It's right. like, oh, you want, you want, you want, but then you get it, and you're like, that's not enough. Right. You know what I mean? He started this family. He got all the kids. He had this awesome house in Long Island. This all wasn't enough. So then no. he's like, all right, let me try a different thing. Let me try to be youthful and be young and, and go out there and, and, and hit big. I want to hit big that I want to hit so big that everyone talks about me forever. You know what I mean? And that's what happens in the movie. You're going to talk about him forever. And to hear you still thinking about him <laughs> after your initial instinct was, oh, I don't like this guy. Yeah. That's amazing to me because that's, that's it. How does it feel to be part of an Oscar conversation? 
People are saying it. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 you know, first, my first thought was, uh, I, I love these guys, and I wanted to do the best I could do for them. Mm. And I knew when I read the opportunity was there when I was working more and more with them and reading the script. Right. I saw like this is a a real a, a role that any any actor would be dying to play and and they were nice enough to give it to me <laughs> and i <laughs> nice work enough. i work i worked as hard as i could work mm. on making sure i i didn't let them down or let myself down this is a, a project that you would not want to say man i should have done this i right. i did i think that most i don't think there was a day i came home and i was saying ah, man i should have done this i i felt like i laid it all out there for the guys and they they got it they they told me where they wanted to go when I went to the, I mean, I remember the scene when me and uh, uh, Julia are in the, um, things are going terrible, terrible, and I'm, I have a finally admit something in the movie that it's not going great. And Benny came, uh, you know, they, they, they just wanted to make sure it was legit. And he talked to me about his process of, of getting to a certain place. And we just, we just, it was great to go deep with the guys. That's it. And then I ask her stuff. I, I, I can't think about it. It's very nice, but I don't <laughs> I, I can't sit and live like that. So, uh, I should, should have won one for a wedding singer. Big daddy. Thank you. <laughs> the boys like my, my, my stuff. So Thank do you. you see a day when I can't even believe I'm asking this. I don't know where the hell this just came from. What happened? Like a bar mitzvah theme, uncut gems. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Wow. That would be incredible. Uncut that's an Oscar Barnett right there. That would be that's an Oscar right there. That would be amazing. I say you he start. Said the Howard table. <laughs> yeah. The, the Damani table. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start that's with a, a Halloween costume yeah. and see if we can get to that. Because <laughs> just, oh, God, I'm obsessed. Just even the glasses, the little yeah. piece yeah. of gold yeah. there. So those, yeah. are, those, are, those are considered jeweler standards on 47th Street, the Cartier glasses. $7,000 glasses. Right, but was Howard wearing real ones? Yeah, yes. He was. Actually. Yes. That <laughs> yes. was, was a big question. All yes. my right. stuff was real. Yeah. That's so and, and props at the end of the day, you, you know, when they would get my stuff back, usually it's like, hey, they were very, just like, <laughs> but there was thousands of dollars. On that, yeah. stuff. On that FaceTime call, I think you're walking around with like three, $400,000 worth of jewelry. I yes. love it because you look yeah. at that image, you're like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, my Jewish star pinky ring was very expensive. <laughs> yeah. That, on the block, they made me that. That was custom, yeah, custom made a day before. That was we were stressful. We were like, we gotta get that Jewish uh, star pinky ring, yeah. ring, and then one of the guys goes, "Let me get that done for you <laughs> on the block." That was Adam Sandler and Benny and Josh Safdie. Uncut Gems is in theaters today. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. Coming up tomorrow, I have freshly minted Golden Globe nominee Beanie Feldstein, as well as the writer and director of The Farewell, Lulu Wong. Thanks again for hanging with The Big Ticket. See you next time. Hold up. 